Hello and welcome to Podcast by Brodies. My name's David Lee and in this series we take an in-depth look at some common and not so common questions and scenarios Brodies lawyers have faced over the years. In each episode we talk to Brodies experts to hear their insights and experiences and how they find the right approach when they're asked the deceptively simple question, what do I do if? I'm joined for this episode by two Brodies experts. Alex Buchan is a partner in the Rural Business Team in Real Estate, and Catherine Riley is Director of Knowledge in Real Estate. And we're asking the question, what do I do if I need to register a controlled interest in land? Welcome, Alex and Catherine. So, Alex, first of all, can you tell us what is the purpose of the Register of Persons holding a controlled interest in land and when did it come into effect? Yes, uh, thank you, David. Um, I, I think the key word here is transparency. Um, the register is aiming to improve transparency uh, around who controls and also who makes decisions with regard to property in Scotland. Um, and, and it's, it's worth stressing that, that this relates to all types of property. It doesn't solely relate to rural property. It, it also relates to commercial real estate and ownership and, and tenancy of those properties as well. At the moment, the, the registers of Scotland have two principal property registers, the Saisines Register, which is the old register of deeds, and the Land Register of Scotland, which is the more modern register, which is map-based and makes it easier to, to see who owns land and the extent of that land. However, the issue that's been identified around transparency is that in many cases, the name that appears on the title deeds or in the case of leases that are over 20 years in length, the name of the tenant may not in fact be the party who holds, if you like, the controlling interest behind the individual or the entity that um, appears on, on those registers. This is this is particularly true um, with regard to, for example, trusts and partnerships and, and entities of that type. Um, so th- this is a move really to increase transparency, which is in line with, with the Scottish government's move to get all land registered. And this is a further, further step, if you like, in, in that direction. This came into effect on the 1st of April of this year, 1st April 2022, but the actual requirement to to register, there's, if you like, a stay of execution um, until 31st of March 2023, by which time um, all relevant individuals and entities that this applies to, which we'll hear about a bit more later, should have registered. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Alex. And I mean, simply, what is a controlled interest in land? Yeah, that I mean, that's the the key question, um, and the the question that um, the people that this affects will have to turn their their minds to. In effect, it's where there are are persons or entities who are sitting behind the the party who holds on the face of it the title as owner or the lease as tenant in the the current registers in the registers of Scotland. Now, in the regulations, these parties 
are described as associates. And as I say, they don't appear on the face of the title deeds or the long lease in question. But these parties exercise or or have the right to exercise influence or control over those persons or entities who do appear on the registers. So if you like, I, I suppose in, in most simple terms, they they could be said to be pulling the strings, if you like, in the background. Um, perhaps not not solely, you know, there may be other people or there may be people on the face of the, the documents that are also involved, but they also have significant influence or control over the property in question. Now, when we talk about significant influence or or control, um, influence means having the ability really to ensure that the the owner or tenant of the property, the person that that is the the front facing owner or tenant of the property, um, adopts the approach that the associate wants with regard to the property, and control as you might expect means the the ability to direct the the activities of that owner or tenant in relation to to the property now measuring the extent of that um influence or control is is going to depend on the circumstances um and you know each each case will will have to be looked at Okay, and Catherine, to bring you in here, um, this is obviously quite a complex area. How does somebody know if the register affects them? Yes, thank you, David. It's not straightforward, but the first question someone should ask is, are they actually a person or entity affected by the regulations? Because not everyone is. So you either have to be an individual, a trust, a partnership, an unincorporated body or an overseas entity. And then the next question is, do they own or lease, i.e. take a long lease of property over in Scotland? And that long lease has to be for over 20 years for it to have been registered in the the property registers at Scotland. And then you have to ask, just as Alex was mentioning, whether or not there's anyone else behind who is on the title or on the lease at the Register of Scotland who actually influences or controls the major decisions relating to that property and that can be for example if a trust owns property and not all of the trustees appear on the title that's a situation where there's influence or control which has to be submitted to the RCI as an application to submit their information and disclose their associates. And Catherine is Everybody who owns or has a long lease over property in Scotland affected by the new register? No, it's not everyone. It's those persons and entities, entities that I've already mentioned. It's so, But it, that doesn't include, for example, UK companies, limited liability partnerships, Scottish limited partnerships or registered charities, so SCIOs or COs, because they're already subject to transparency regimes and they don't have to comply with the RCI duty to submit more information because that would end up with dual reporting. So if they own the property or they have a long lease over the property, they don't have to submit information to the RCI. Okay. And what 
triggers a requirement to submit information uh, to to the register, Catherine? So at the moment, with the new regulations coming into force, anyone who is affected by the regulations, so your individual trusts, partnerships, overseas entities, unincorporated bodies, they have to look at their titles and decide whether or not they have an associate, they have someone who has the controlled interest in the land, and then they will have to make a submission to the RCI if that is the case. Those people um, who are affected, as I've said, if they then change their arrangements and they acquire an associate who then has a controlled interest in land. So, for example, a trust takes on a new trust, assumes a new trustee and that new trustee doesn't appear on the title. That will trigger an RCI uh, submission requirement. Also going forward, everyone who's affected, if they acquire a property and their title or their lease is not clear as to who's controlling the major decisions in land and those that control is as defined in the RCI, they will have to make an RCI submission as well as register their title at Registers of Scotland. Okay, so what does somebody need to consider, Catherine, before they do make an application what are the main considerations before actually moving forward what they'll have to consider is um looking at the type of information that they will need to be submitting to the rci so if they do have an associate they will need the associate's contact address if it's a registered number they'll need the associate's date of birth although that will not be published fully um, so they will need to consider all the information that they need to collect and they will need to verify that information with that associate. The associate has to say it's correct before they can then submit it to the RCI and they'll have to take all reasonable steps to verify that. They will then have to consider that there are time limits to submit that RCI application. Now, at the moment, as Alex mentioned, there's a stay of execution, if you like, until 1st of April next year. However, going forward um, after that date, within 60 days of acquiring an associate who has a controlled interest in the land, you will have to make that submission to the RCI. So time limits will have to be thought about. Okay. And coming back to you, Alex, what about the nitty gritty of this? How do you go about submitting your information? What's the process? Well, the process is, is as Catherine mentioned there, the, the ingathering of the, the information relating to the owner or the tenant um, of the property, as the case may be, the identity and description of the, the property in question, and then, importantly, the details surrounding the associate, which is what the register is looking to to unearth, if you like, and to, to have on on a form of public record. Um, the, the application should be submitted online um, to the Registers of Scotland's uh, Register of Controlled Interests, um, and there's a web page set up for, for that purpose, um, and also guidance and one thing and another to assist with that. And that application can be made um, by the owner or in the case of a, a leaseholder, the tenant, or it can be made on behalf of either of those parties um, by an agent, so a solicitor, for example. Okay. And how much information, you've talked a bit already about what information is, is required, Alex. Can any information be withheld? How much how many personal details have to go onto the register? And is it is it a public is it a public document? 
Yes, um, it, it is a it is a public document uh, or a public register, and it will be capable of being searched by the general public to to find out information. Now, there's no general exemption um, for privacy or confidentiality, and I I suppose when you look at it, it's self evident why, because the whole purpose is to um, have much fuller disclosure of associates and, and these parties. Um, so, you know, their their existence, if they, they could cite confidentiality or privacy for not having their details on the register, would be self-defeating to a large extent. Um, however, there is a process um, whereby the if the disclosure of the details would put that associate at serious risk or threat of violence or abuse or um, intimidation, then they can seek or apply for a security declaration from the registers of Scotland, um, which means that their their um, information or the information about them um, will not be disclosed. Now, I'm I'm not clear as yet exactly in what situations that or circumstances that might arise. We've not I've not come across it yet. I don't know if, if Catherine's had any experience of that. Um, but the way that would operate is that when the information is submitted to registers of Scotland, there's a sort of 30 day period before the information submitted goes live, and the security declaration would be submitted at that time in advance of it going onto the register for consideration by registers of Scotland as to whether um, it should or should not be disclosed. And there, there is an appeal procedure um, in the event of, of them deciding to, to publicise um, information that is considered to fall within that category. Yes, one of the examples that's been given, for example, of someone who may come to harm is someone who may suffer from domestic abuse because they're and when if their pub details become public, so they may well um, want to submit a security declaration to make sure that their details don't become public. Okay, and is it is it too early, Catherine, to to know how many exemptions might be requested? Are we are we too early into the process to really see you know more examples emerging just yet? Yes, we are very early in the process. Um, I believe with the uh, grace period of up to 31st of March, with penalties kicking down on the 1st of April next year, people are not rushing to register. There's also a bit of work to be done in publicising the register and making sure people know about their duties to register. So um, we've still to see how security declarations will actually work in practice and how often they will be used. Okay. And when it comes to putting the details onto the register, Catherine, are there any are there any charges to do that? No, there's no cost to submit um your application to the registers um of controlled interests and there's no cost to search the register, but just to watch, of course, as Alex mentioned, there's a thirty day delay on, on, on all, all applications appearing. However, when it comes to cost, you if you are going to employ a solicitor, um, instruct a solicitor to help you with your submission, they will charge you for helping you to do that. And in some cases, um, 
you will need assistance, people will need assistance. We've mentioned the definition of control and definition of an associate for the register. In some cases, it will be very difficult to track down who that might be. So it can come down to shareholdings, it can come down to missing people from titles and identifying who's actually on the title before deciding whether you have an associate. So there may be charges from your solicitor in establishing that kind of information and then doing the submission on your behalf. Okay, and we we touched a little bit there on kind of public information. How how well known is the register at the moment? I mean, it's it's something that you're working on and you've probably been living and breathing it for some time, but how well understood is it uh, across people who do own uh, land and property? I'd say it's difficult to gauge at the moment and I wouldn't say that it's very well known. It will be well known by those who deal with property on a regular basis and are reading the property press. But for others who only occasionally deal with their property and actually are actually affected, I don't believe it is well known at the moment. There hasn't been any huge big publicity campaign. I'm not sure how Alex feels about the clients he's come across in terms of um, knowledge. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, we've we've been trying to get the the message out there um, to our clients uh, that this needs to be done, and um, you know, in in the circumstances when it's required, um, I think it's uh, perhaps viewed as another piece of administration, perhaps that needs to be completed. Um, but I think in in the vast majority of, of cases. Um, there's not any particular issue with providing this information. I mean, it's maybe just worth stressing that, um, you know, a lot of trusts and partnerships and one thing and another um, are generally there for good business or other reasons and not to conceal who, you know, the, the associates are. It's just perhaps given the passage of time where trustees have changed and the title to property hasn't incorporated them into it or where in a partnership situation say um, an individual owns the land but it's farmed or otherwise used by a family farming partnership there's you know there, there's there's no um, intent to hide or bury that information it's just that it's not been captured before in any form of register and that's what this is seeking to address. Okay, and and Catherine, um, we've talked about this grace period that's going all the way through to thirty first of March next year, but beyond that, uh, what are the penalties? Are there penalties for failing to comply uh, with the rules of the register? Um, and do you think we are likely to see penalties imposed? There are indeed penalties. It is a criminal offence not to submit the details you're required to submit to the RCI and it's a criminal offence not to comply with other duties like updating or um, verifying details. Um, The penalty can be a fine of up to £5,000, so it's not insignificant. Um, Whether penalties will be imposed, time will will actually be imposed, time will tell. It um, will seem a bit harsh for some people who may not be aware of their duties um, and we'll have to wait and see if penalties are imposed and and who they're imposed upon. Um, So we can't say for the moment. Okay. So, Alex, just to to wrap up, um, if anyone thinks they might need to register a, a controlled interest in land, 
you know, just summarize again, where should they start and what's your overall advice to them? I mean, I think, I think the best place to, to start is, um, probably to, to look at the registers of Scotland, um, website um, which which gives good information on that and or indeed our Brodie's website which which gives very helpful information including some frequently asked questions and and answers that help steer you in in the right direction um, I think you, you know you, you first off have to identify as Catherine said whether you are an individual or an entity that that falls within these regulations um and and if you are then do you have to comply i.e is there an associate um that um requires you to make a a, a return or a submission to the register um in terms of in gathering the information and submitting it that may be a relatively simple task it may be quite easy to define what properties affected it may be quite easy to to see that there is one owner but there are now three partners in a partnership or whatever and and that a submission should be made to the register but in other cases it may be really quite complex it might be complex in terms of um identifying um who the associate or perhaps the the beneficial owner behind the title holder actually is and indeed the extent of the property that is affected or um, that it relates to particularly in situations where that property is not yet on the land register um, which is perhaps less common in an urban scenario, but still fairly common in a rural context that um, the, the property hasn't been registered in the land register. So it's not been the, the subject of mapping by registers of Scotland. Um, and I, I think the, the overall advice would be given the, the potential penalties that, that could be incurred, would be to act sooner rather than later. Um, look at it, get in touch and uh, speak, to, speak to someone who knows about this with a view to, to getting it sorted early and not falling foul of this as and when they start to enforce it. Okay, great stuff. Thank you very much, Alex. And thank you to Catherine, too, for your insights today. Uh, Please listen out for other episodes of What Do I Do If?, uh, which is brought to you by Podcast by Brodies, where some of the country's leading lawyers and some special guests share their enlightened thinking about issues and developments in the legal sector and their impact on wider society and the economy. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe to Podcast by Brodies, which is available on all your main podcast platforms. And for more information and insights, please visit www.brodies.com.